Welcome to Good Words with Geeks and Nerds. My name's Kenny, and each week, myself and my co-host, Stu, will discuss all those strange, specific things that make us nerds. This week, we discuss all things DCEU, including the Snyder Cut of Justice League, DC shows on the CW, the new Superman and Lois, and much more. You can subscribe using your favorite podcast platform, and please leave us a five-star review. So now, sit back, relax, and enjoy some good words with geeks and nerds. Strange, specific stuff. That's what makes a nerd a nerd. If you like strange, specific stuff, that's a nerd, okay? Cool, cool, cool. So welcome back to another episode of uh, Good Words Good words with Geeks and Nerds. Yeah. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's a Monday. It is Monday. It's It definitely feels like a Monday today, uh, getting back into the swing of things. For some reason, Saturday felt like Sunday, and... Sunday went by way too quick, I think. Yeah, it was a, definitely a blur of a weekend. Mm-hmm. So, but not for nothing. Uh, I didn't, it, what, it didn't go, the weekend didn't go unwasted. And here's why. It was a full-on DC um, smorgasbord, smorgasbord in the, at the Barlow household. This weekend, um, because gosh, dang it, shut up. Because, uh, you know, obviously the, uh, the big, the big, uh, actually it was a, uh, yeah, it was mostly DC with a, uh, with a touch, which is a taste of, uh, Marvel at the, in the household yesterday. So, um, I obviously Friday marked the dropping of the long awaited, Snyder cut. Very anticipated Zack Snyder director's cut of Justice League. Um, so uh, it was four hours long. It, it was four hours long. And it was four hours long. Um, it Now, it didn't really feel, feel, granted, I will say that I I had the moments the head nod moments of the four hours, but that was after like full day at work and ran out and did some errands and handled some things and then got home and didn't really start watching it till like nine. Ah, uh, yeah, I could, I could see how that would really feel like four hours at that point. I st- I did it in the morning. I did it around 10 with a couple of pauses for a couple of things, but for the most part, you know, start to finish. I did the four, I did the full four. Um, a lot of people I talked to over the weekend had to do like they started on Friday and finished on Sunday. Basically, I I I will say I uh, I was talking to my brother in law yesterday and I was like, I I think I made it to like fifteen twenty minutes left. I'm not positive mm-hmm. exactly when I nodded out, but I just remember like waking up with the like credit screen on. I was like. Was out, um, so I went back last night and uh, just kind of kicked it back to where I knew knew I remembered I was at, and uh, went from there. And it turned out really all I was missing uh, was the the post credit scenes. Right, right. That's, that's, that's I was all. Say, like that I nodded, about... I nodded out in that brief moment of like the first clip of credits to like the credit scenes. Yep. Yeah, that's when you said fifteen minutes. I was like, yeah, I think that sounds about like. All the all the epilogue shit, basically. Yeah. Now, so here's the thing about the Justice League movie. As we've talked about before, you and I have talked about, I have been all in on Marvel and never really gave the DC stuff besides Nolan's Batman 
the time of day. Um, I never watched Man of Steel. Uh, the, the last Superman movie I watched was um, the the homage one with Brandon Routh. Stoop Superman Returns. Superman Returns with real life Lex Luthor. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and to be honest, in my head, and uh, who did that one? Uh, that was Brian Singer. Singer. And in my head, that wasn't a bad one in, in so much, you know, only in so far as it was an homage to the Donner stuff. Yeah, it was a love letter to the Donner Superman, which, you know, in its own right, in its own generation, was, was something awesome, you know? And so to, you know, throw your love behind that, it's like watching a Tarantino movie. He, It's just his love letter to whatever movie he obsessed over as a kid, so... Exactly. So I didn't hate it. Uh, you know, the only person I thought who was out of place was Cal Penn as, as henchman. Yeah. You know, where I was like, I don't, I don't get this usage, but cool. All right. Um, but, uh, so I, I didn't watch, um, I didn't watch, uh, man of steel, man of steel. And I hadn't, and I hadn't at that point that I watched justice league hadn't watched Superman Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. I haven't wa- I hadn't watched any of this, no. but I decided to go into Justice League because, hey, what the hell? Yeah, right? if, I, if I'm gonna uh, go for the 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 meal, I should eat the appetizer and the sure. soup, you know. Um, and so yeah, so I watched this film, and obviously there's things I'm missing, but not much, because again, I've read and I've seen some things, so I know, um. You know, I, I understand the ending. I, I knew the ending of. Um, uh, I knew what the ending of Dawn of Justice, ha- what happened at the end. Yeah. Right. Because that basically that was it was sort of um, everywhere. Yeah, it was the. Yeah. And, you know, it's the, it's I read Doomsday. Yeah. When I was a kid. So I'm aware of that, even if it didn't necessarily happen that way. Yeah. Um. So here's the deal. Here's I'm going to give you initial thoughts and then I want to talk about or I wanted to have a discussion about um, the minutia of it. So my thing is, obviously, it was a it was a good film. Good, not great, not the second coming the way I'm pretty sure people thought it would be. But I am glad I watched the Snyder Cut before I ever watched the original Justice League. Absolutely. I, I know for a fact I, I probably got about two hours in and I was like with all of that, like at two at the two hour mark and I'm like, there's two hours left. I was like, boy, oh boy, did it. I am so glad that I didn't watch the, like, I'm, I'm glad that the first attempt at justice league was this one because yeah. I, I, I could tell that there was some shit I was going to be missing. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's such a drastic, it, my brother, I was, I was talking to somebody yesterday and it was my brother-in-law. I was like, Hey, uh, he's like, so is it totally different or is it the same? And I'm like, no, there's wholesale parts that are exactly the same. Right. But then there are parts where like, you can tell that the train went off the rails in Whedon and they decided to just go zig and zag in different directions and just kind of, Oh, well we're going to tie this up over here and tighten this up over here and just try to like stitch these pieces together to make two hours work. Mm. Yeah. That's, and and they lost a lot of narrative and plot and conscious understanding of where Snyder's mind was going. Sure. Yeah. Especially because, again, you have two diametrically 
opposed visions of a uh, product. Um, and uh, so uh, again, I'm glad I watched this one as my first exposure to it. All. I, I, I don't even necessarily think I want to watch the uh, other version um, yeah. at all. And just, I'm just going to accept the Snyder cut as, as it is. Um, it, it one one Saturday afternoon, you got nothing to do. That's it's not bad. Oh, okay. So if you're like, if I got two hours here, if I got two hours on a Saturday, it's like one of those like, you remember how many times you watch Flash Gordon on a Saturday afternoon when mm-hmm. you were a kid? Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, that's true. Just a, a mindless popcorn movie that you can kind of like appreciate on that level, right? So, uh, so I do have some questions. Having as you have seen the film, <clears throat> how much of the Flash and Cyborg stuff? Okay, how much of the core? I get the core story, but I mean, man, there's two extra hours of stuff. Um, I'm I'm trying to piece together what exactly the. the a, a lot a lot came out of cyborg and a lot came out of flash's stories that's my assumption um the spoilers the we're gonna spoil the hell out of it yeah um by the way uh go watch it on hbo max by the time this drops i i truly have, it'll have been out a week i trust you guys will have, it's like you know but go ahead um but uh the entire uh dog walking uh girl on the street part with flash was not in the whedon cut at all wow it was Um, that was a very beautifully uh shot scene it was that's to me that's 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 uber snyder oh yeah that's like that's like snyder and then he slowed it down even more oh yeah no But, but i but uh i would argue that a character like flash lends itself to the storytelling style that Zack Snyder likes to use. And so he got to really play with the slow motion. Oh, absolutely. Like when, when you have that, that character that can move through the slow motion and drive narrative while, you know, still allowing you to present this cinematic shot that's staged and, and lit perfectly that he's, you know, timing to, to a master level that he wants to pace to, Leonard Cohen, you know, uh, yeah, the flash is the perfect character. That That is right. That's the music. Okay. Um, yeah, especially, yeah, especially how they use them and things like that. So, um, actually hold on the song during that scene. Cause I did happen to look it up because I was like, wait a minute. It was, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I knew it was Nick Cave. It's I love I fucking love that guy's voice. Yeah, I was like, I know this. Hold on, give mm-hmm. me a second. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like Nick Cave a lot. He's a man. He makes a lot of good music for. I'm sure that was just an, an, a song he's had on an album. But oh yeah, they they when and anytime of uh, anytime media uses him on their soundtrack, like uh, what's uh assassination of jesse james by oh, yeah. robert ford oh, yeah. all that music is nick cave oh, yeah. and it's fantastic oh, yeah. um 
I'm I'm a Ben Wyatt believer of uh, soundtracks being a personal mixtape love letter from your favorite director to you. Yeah. To remember the, your time with the film. I think that's absolutely right. That's yeah. a great. I I, I like that uh, that take on what a soundtrack is. Um, speaking of the soundtrack, um, <laughs> there are fifty fifty four tracks on the soundtrack. Yeah. And the soundtrack is four hours long. Or yeah, I know. I was gonna say I was I was te- I was joking around because because uh, obviously I enjoyed the film. There uh, overall, I enjoyed the film. I didn't necessarily get into it until about an hour in. Like I, I it was kind of meandery and like, all right, what are we building up to? And I mean, but it paces itself well with its like episodic breakdown. Episode one, yes. episode two. They don't like. They don't feel like you're rushing into a narrative in any way. They're kind of like, you know, they're they're spoon feeding you this. Yes. you know what you we, yes you yeah. So that's the thing is that like you have to, you you need to know that going into it, it's broken up into what eight like six chapters in an epilogue. Yeah, and and he's gonna and and, and they he was gonna take all four hours of your time to tell a story, which is fine. Again, and and I think that I blame I blame that that lack of connection on probably not knowing the story up until that point or watching all the others. Yeah. Um, but I felt about the time that the second mother box in Atlantis, about that time, I was like, I started waking into it. I was like, oh, okay, okay, right. I'm let's okay, let's go. This is clearly going to hit a resolution at some point in this movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because because for a hot minute you're like, man, he barely got one. He's not going to get the second one. Forget the third one. Are we going to even have a battle at the end of this mm-hmm, thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 so, uh, well, and to that point, it's like, yeah, we you do, but it is more. Um, it's a more calculated. It is unlike unlike movies like the, there are battles, right, yeah. and they're good. There, uh, I, there is just this weird, there was a lot of, a lot of the action seemed very quick paced. Um, uh, but you, because you, but here's, but it's not, I don't mean that in a negative because again, you have to weigh it against what you're doing. Um, uh, a lot of these, a lot of the character, I mean, you got a character like Aquaman, you have a character like Superman or I'm sorry, not Superman, but uh, a character like flash and cyborg who are for the most part in when you are in action have to be you have to be utilizing cg mm-hmm. right whereas you compare it to say like a mart like the the fight scene at the end of civil war between bucky iron man and cap there is obviously some cg going on that entire backdrop is blue screened and all that but you have because there's not a lot required in the cg uh, uh, side of it because you're not having to be like, Hey, this is taking place in the middle of the water. Yeah. Right. Or any of that. Um, you can, but they'll get there with Namor and that'll be an interesting, it'll be, yeah. Yeah. How they do that. Um, yeah, it's a lot less, there's a lot less practical battle effects and a lot more digital battle effects, which I get because again, like we talked about in that first ep- that first episode you 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 talked about how like the, on the DC side these are they're gods yeah. right and so you need god like yeah uh also visuals. You, can, 
Also, you can tell where Warner Brothers stopped and HBO Max stopped spending the money yes. on Snyder yes. CGI. That's, that's the, that was, uh, yeah. And so, uh, again, these are, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm just letting, I'm just saying these are the obvious things. And in no way in my head when I watched it did I let it take away from the film because I knew what was going on. Yeah, I, I took that all into account. And then I took that, combined that with the aspect ratio. <laughs> And I put myself back on a couch when I was like 10 on a Saturday afternoon watching my favorite like random goofball like superhero movie. And I stopped thinking it was 2021. Right. And I stopped thinking I was, you know, 38 years old. And I was, no, I was just a kid again. And I just was enjoying the ride. In In a way, you know what I kept thinking about the entire time with the aspect ratio and everything? I kept thinking about uh, Super Friends. That's how I couched it. Mm. Um, not in a negative way. Again, mm. I'm not, I, it's just, you know, you have your four by three and you're, it's, okay. meanwhile, there was, there was times oh. I was oh. doing the, I was doing the, um, what's the, who's the stand up comedian, um, uh, Frank Caliendo. Yeah. I was doing the Frank Caliendo Hall of Justice thing where oh. I was like, meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice. Right. Oh, yeah. But, but I, I'm, I'm using that as a, as a positive. Like it was, it had more of that. And, and, and that feel. And the reason I say that is because I, after I finished um, the movie, I went back and watched uh, Donna justice, the three hour version, the, the, the ultimate ultimate. Yeah. And I'm glad I watched that one. Yeah. Um, instead of the original. original. Yes. I'm glad I've watched. I'm glad I've watched both of these awesome cuts. Yeah. Instead of the originals. Um, and you can tell, and the reason I bring up the whole, super friends thing is you can tell there are, they are different films. They're different styles of film. Um, just, uh, how do I describe it? I felt like in the ultimate, the ultimate version of Dawn of justice, while it was setting you up for justice league, that wasn't its initial intention or it's, that's not, it's, that's not, it's, um, that is obviously the intention of the, the story arc. But as far as the film is concerned, it was much more concerned about the matter, the, 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 it was more concerned about killing Superman. Yes. Yeah. Rather than what that means for another film. Yeah. Right. They were, it was, it was, it was reaching the end goal of that movie. Yes. Yes. Perfectly said. That's exactly what I'm saying. And so I, and so it, it had a very straightforward path right you could see what was happening at every every, every step of the turn everything was clear um it, oh. and, and to me it kind of it it had a feel like a nolan film it i kept thinking that it had the dark knight rises feel um oh. by that i mean nothing is what it seems yeah you're you're um they're leading you through your a you're going from A to B to C to E, and and then all of a sudden there's this payoff. Here's what they were trying. Here's what Bane was doing. Yeah. About halfway through the film, you're like, this is what he was doing when he yeah. sieges Gotham. Yeah. Same concept. This is what Lex Luthor is doing for the first 90 minutes yeah. of the film of the cut. And then you figure out what's like. Yeah, the real play behind the play. That's, exactly. Yeah. So that, that film was very concerned about that. And in so much as that is the case, I enjoyed that film. Uh, and I liked little things about, um, like I liked little touches 
that it um that it threw at for example like when um when Affleck is doing the uh he's got the meta meta human research file that he stole from LexCorp yeah and if you listen to the music it's the Nolan Batman yeah. music and I was like that's or not it's not exactly no it's, but it's got it's that, that, that dun 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 you know what I mean yeah. like that, so I enjoyed that kind of shit. Like I, it was, it was all this multiverse stuff that we were talking about where. How, how did you, how did you like his uh, entrance in that film? In. Dawn of Justice. How did I like. Uh, Affleck's. Bat, Batman. Um, the, the. Uh, me how, the how. building. Uh, it's a bunch of guys in the building. Oh, oh, with the like 18 months prior. Yeah. And the, the general Zod fights happening. Yeah, and he's and he's just going through the building, clearing it out, and he's up in the, the the rafters and flying around from here to there. Like the first time you get to see Batman. Oh, oh, not when, so not the not the not sort of the prologue of why he's so pissed. No, off no, no, no. But like when he really comes, out, like and he brands the guy, and yeah, yeah, that it that I wow, yeah, and he's he's hiding like he's up the in cop, the, yeah. yeah. That was kind of that was kind of cool. That that to me was like for for a a fan of Batman of a generation of 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 that was the first time I saw my Batman on that's, screen. That's the bat. That's the that's, bat. That's the bat. The yeah. bat that's like gonna go and fuck up some dudes that are like criminals and go hide in the rafters and swoop around to mm-hmm. be spooky as shit. And you know, yes. So I enjoyed that. The other thing, oh, so the, here's, and, and then the other thing I, and this plays into both the, 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 the Zack Snyder trilogy as a whole. Anyway. Um, what, I, what, what, what I really enjoyed too, I, I didn't think I would, but I enjoyed older Batman yeah. as a character. Yeah. Boy, did I, I didn't think I would, but then I realized, um, you know, we've had the, how many origin stories have we had? Uh, we've had them, you know, we've had a thousand them. origin stories of Batman. So I appreciated coming into a, if to me, it was like, um, it was like the movie Logan. Yeah. Right. Where it's, it's older, it's older Bruce. Right. So of course his, his style is different. His physique is different. His, uh, um, the, the suits are different. Yeah, he's got a little more, little heavier armor, little, mm-hmm. little because he needs more, it because he's a little more little, frail, a little more frail, a little more worn down. Mm-hmm. That I liked too. I liked, I liked the the the, the more worn down Batman. The um, which is kind of why I'm, uh, I would have hoped, um, not to say that they're not. I don't know if you've seen anything, but I would have hoped that they would have found a way to in, to bring old Michael Ke- uh, Michael Keaton into, uh, this, into this new Batman. It's it's not into the new Batman. It's into the coming Flash movie, which is uh, based off of Flashpoint. It's a multiversal comic arc in the the story that uh, Barry uh, decides he's going to go back. And if you know much about his character, or really much past his origin. Uh, Barry's mom was killed and his dad was framed for her murder. Right. Barry's mom was killed by his future arch nemesis, 
uh, Reverse Flash. Okay. Who went back in time and murdered his father, his his mother? Gotcha. Um, he decides that he's tired of all these things that Reverse Flash has done, and uh, he goes back and takes him out and saves his mom, and therefore creates a paradoxical alternate timeline where because this happened, that happened, that happened, this happened, and that butterfly effect ripples across DC, and there's some real crazy things that come out of it. Uh, Superman is caught by the government as a child and kept in basically a laboratory, and Mm. uh, instead of uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne uh, being murdered in an alleyway and young Bruce turning into an uh, avenging young man, uh, the Batman. It's uh, Bruce Wayne is murdered in an alleyway. And mm. Thomas Wayne takes up the mantle and becomes the avenging Batman. And then an even crazier twist, um, Martha Wayne loses her mind and becomes the Joker. So there's all these kind of real hard twists on on what right. happens when one singular character doesn't their 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 life path is interrupted. You know, when when Barry doesn't have to go on the quest to become the criminologist that puts him in the lab when the accident happens to make him the Flash because uh, he's not trying to solve his mom's murder because his dad is not in jail because all of the things and he's a happy dude and everything's going on. Uh, you know, then all these other things don't happen and line up. And so it's a, a, a grander take on things and, uh, they're getting ready to do that in the film. And, uh, they have announced that, uh, Michael Keaton is playing Thomas Wayne, Batman. Ah, uh, okay. That's interesting. So oh, but Thomas Wayne as Batman. In this, Thomas in Wayne the, as Batman. Gotcha. The that's, alternate world. That's very clever. That's yeah. very clever. So it's a, it's, a, it's a real cool way to bring him back mm-hmm. as another world Batman in another way. Although, personally, I was uh, uh, hoping there was a real fun uh, somebody, Reddit thread or somebody, threw out there and they, uh, Batman Beyond. Like, give us Batman. Just, oh, just yeah, give yeah. us Terry McGinnis and, and old Michael Keaton bitching at him from behind a computer screen. You right. Know? right. Which um, I felt like... Um, I felt like that was... Um, sort of the the gist with the Alfred Batman dynamic in this Snyder version where Alfred is not a feeble old butler so much as he is um very uh very robust in his skill sets and still very useful um but that that became like a a kind of a later thread point that uh they started working with with Alfred, uh, leaning back more on his history with the uh, Royal Navy, and his history as like you know he was a soldier. That's why he has the medical skill. He wasn't just like a frail old butler man. Like he mm-hmm. he he was his his like he was a medic. He was special forces medic. So him and Thomas knew each other from from back in the day and he owed him a debt and that's why he was in servitude to him it wasn't is that uh know, is that sort of the crux of this pennyworth show 
I believe it is. Uh, I haven't checked out too much other than uh, a little bit uh, of the previews and stuff, but it uh, kind of seems like that's where they're going. Yeah, it seems like it, it takes place. Um, it seems like a Cold Warrior X, uh, Cold War esque uh, spy kind of genre take on Alfred prior to, you know, being Bruce Wayne's guardian, but. Anyway, back to um, back to uh, Justice League. Um, so there's there's some very cool things that I know are <clears throat> are in the film that weren't in the Joss Whedon cut, or the yes, the Joss Whedon cut. Um, the inclusion of Martian Manhunter, Johns, Johns, Johns. John John Johns, is that is is that how you is that it John Johns is yeah. it John Johns yeah okay yeah John Johns um, which you know you saw that um, character in Dawn of Justice and in Man of Steel oh was he in Man of Steel too yeah okay and you know so it was very it was very cool to have the Martian Manhunter reveal it is it is it was it was and it was uh so I had as i said i fell asleep the first watching so before i had cleared that up last night i was uh still talking to my brother-in-law and i was like man that march Hunter," but just felt like it was like why why the like mid bit where it's uh uh, martha oh when he goes to see martha yeah Yeah. when when he goes to see lois as martha yeah and like the quick reveal back to him and i'm like Oh well, that was kind of pointless. Then the whole battle happens, and you don't even join. Like, what the? Why were you even in the movie? Like, mm-hmm. what was the point of the cameo? Like, yeah, cool fan service. Like, but flash forward to the little post credit scene, and yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that that, and then it became kind of like, all right, that was a little more worth it, right? Um, I mean, he still wasn't without. I mean, uh, again, some of the cheesy dialogue of when he's. <laughs> When he says I am, when he tells him who he is, and he's uh, like, "They some call me Martian Manhunter," and I was like, "Ugh, stop!" Yeah, you could have just you could have just said, "I'm John Johns." Uh, I mean, it is, but again, it comes down to like setting that that narrative, and some of those characters have have names like the man Martian Manhunter that that come from their own personal mythology deep in. So like, that's like saying, Hey, some people refer to me as this. Some call me the Martian man. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. It makes sense. It's like, Hey, I'm 007 James Bond. James Bond. Yeah. Again, and he gets called both. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, there's that. Um, uh, so I'm going to throw this out. This is going to be controversial. I don't find Amy Adams compelling as Lois Lane or as an actress in, in general. I I had never seen um the what's the future the, the alien one? Arrival. Arrival. Uh I have not seen Arrival either. I've heard it's good. I've heard and it's I good. need to watch it. But uh I can't I mean, I loved her in Talladega Nights, you know. Oh, she's yeah, she's yeah totally compelling there like but i think i've had a hard time being sold on her as lois from the beginning because uh 
and it's it's not meant to be uh like a shot on her by any ways but lois has always had this kind of like supposed to be like snarky brash like but charm mm-hmm. and amy has charm but she's like not snarky she's not really brash when she's bold it's coming from like a timid place with like a bold personality pushing through mm-hmm. you yeah. know it's it's not somebody who carries that like Oh, this is this is who I am twenty four seven. It doesn't. You know? Yeah, it uh, it does. She doesn't carry with her that that uh, crack reporter. Yeah, personality type. It is. It is very much reserved and timid. Yeah. Uh, I agree. That's that's. And you know, I don't know if that's. Uh, again, I can't. I can't say that that's on her. That could be on the director. That could have been how she was written. I don't know. You know. So yeah, it could be how she was asked to play it. But, but. I, I, I felt like um, I felt that uh, she was sort of the weak link um, or she is one of the weaker links in the, in the, in the, in this, these three films. Um, but that being said, uh, let's see. Um, it was, I, man, I, I was, I, I don't know. I'm having a hard time with the, like that basically all, all, all she's just depressed the whole time. And then Martian Manhunter basically shows up as Martha to tell her to snap pep, out of it. Yeah. Uh, a little pep talk and I'm good. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, that's all, that's all it took. So it's I'm just, uh, yeah, exactly. it's, it's not like all these people in the world. I, I wasn't like a beloved person and it just, it to me, it made her yes it's trying to portray her as reclusive like she's stepping away but that character on her own has been around for you know three quarters of a century (laughs) and has had her own title and her own fans and her own situations going on that were outside of telling superman stories right and so it's it's kind of hard for me to believe that she's just gonna sit at home and uh, I can't do anything. I can't do anything and not have like 50 people a day calling her going, hey, girl, what's up? Like, we need you out here. What's going on? Yeah, right. Exactly. And yeah. and it's not going to take a pep talk from Ma Kent like eight months later. Yeah. So that way. Uh, so in a way, I'm glad I'm not the only one that felt like that was kind of a weak point um, in the character. It's in the character, not in the story. Yeah. Right. I'd say that that's just, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a weak character flaw. Um, but it is what it is. Um, what else? So one of the things I think, uh, and, and again, is this something that is in the comics, um, as well, but I enjoyed, I have enjoyed the use of the flash using the con, the, 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 the Donner, the Donner Superman one concept of going so fast that he reverses time. Is that something that happens comic book wise? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I didn't know that was a power that he had. It's, but, it's a, uh, cause I know yeah. we just talked about the whole flashpoint thing, but he, uh, he has a, uh, a cosmic treadmill. 
that he uh, uses to uh, open up like wormholes and stuff that uh, he, okay. he runs back in time. So that's okay. So that is a thing. And, I, and, and, and essentially like, like he did in the movie, uh, he can travel back and forth through the speed force, which is what his powers like lie through. And, uh, he can go back and forth through points of time. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I do, I, I do enjoy the, um, again, as an amateur, uh, getting to know flash, uh, I am enjoying seeing him as not just again, like the super friends version where he just runs very fast. Right. I enjoy seeing the concept that he generates energy and the lightning and all of that. And, um, they really touch on the mechanics of that where like when his shoes disintegrate, Oh yeah. And I was like, yeah, of course they would. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed, I enjoyed that use of, um, of the character. Cause, and, and that's, I mean, the, the CW show, if you haven't watched it, is actually a phenomenal series. I haven't watched that. Um, I haven't watched Flash on. <clears throat> I have, uh, admittedly fallen off like the last two seasons, but life gets busy. Um, but, uh, they do a really, really good job of like zeroing in on that character and working through his rogues gallery and legitimately next to like Batman and Spider-Man, the flash has like probably the most fleshed out and widest variety of rogues. Okay. Consistent villains that he goes against. Uh, so anyone from uh, his, his mirror, his reverse flash, you know, a, a bad guy that can run real fast um, or, you know, mirror master who uses a, a technological gun to open up a portal into a mirror universe or, you know, Captain Cold. And I mean, there are a lot of like wrapped up in gimmick kind of villains, very 60s imaginative, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, here's a bad guy. Let's give him a cold gun and call him Captain Cold. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of depth to it. But then if you start peeling back the characters of Leonard Snart and who he really is behind that, like, so they give those characters that kind of depth. But like on the surface, his his villains are kind of, you know, one note cheesy like on the surface. Gorilla Grodd. Mm-hmm. It's a giant talking gorilla, you know. I like, I like, I think I, I find that it's, compelling. It's, it's, it's absolutely compelling when you have the fastest man alive going against a, a super intelligent talking okay. gorilla. Exactly. Huh? Um, so I'm just looking at some of your notes from the, uh, from what we talked about. So tell me what, uh, tell me your thought. So tell me these, these points on, uh, cyborg and, uh, let's start with cyborg. Ugh. Start with cyborg your thoughts on that. And, uh, and then I want to get to dark seed. Cause this is, again, I am super unfamiliar with any of these characters. So go ahead. Uh, so cyborg, this is just my, my, my note on that was just, I can understand, uh, 
the blow up that Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg, had with the Joss Whedon cut and the all the blow off that happened to Joss Whedon from that. Um, it seems like it's I, I mean, obviously, he seems like he's a I don't even know why I'm saying it seems Cyborg is a very large part of this story that i watched on absolutely on, on Sunday. It, it's it's kind of like the heartbeat narrative right. of of while it's an ensemble it's there's one primary like protagonist that you're following from start to finish yeah you know and it's him yeah you know actually yeah he is the only one not that he didn't have one it might just be because he hasn't had one but he is the only character with a start to finish origin story nestled into yeah. this movie. Yeah. They don't touch on flashes. They don't mm. like they you kind of get into his world a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and I kind of no get into Aquaman's world a little bit, but you don't get an, an origin story. He's the only protagonist that gets like a whole origin narrative story because he's the heartbeat of that movie. Sure. And you go to watch Wien's cut and he's he's turned into just another member of the team and mm. yes there's still a touch of the origin story but it's it's such a uh like hatchet job on how much is is even left and uh as as uh i had said before with the uh removal of the scene with flash and uh iris west that's uh the girl in the car mm-hmm. um that that's where the narrative uh issue with joss whedon and uh and bigotry comes from because when you cut out you know a large portion of this black character and then you cut out this whole scene with this black character and you kind of tighten it up and add a couple more ben affleck scenes you know it kind of seems like you're painting your own picture but restored I think that the cyborg plot had a lot more to offer. It was really cool. And it was certainly compelling. I enjoyed it. And and kept kept an interest going way more than I had in Whedon's cut by any means. Yeah. I mean, let's I'm I, I will be honest and say that uh I will say that I I found I found him him basically being an upper torso, him looking like a Jaws victim. Yeah. Uh, hanging there was creepy as hell. Oh yeah. Um, but it's like they took RoboCop the first time you see like him him on the the rack with like the head thing off, and they're like, "Oh, well, we see that, and here you go." You know, anything to kind of bump. But it's been twenty plus years, so you got to bump up the RoboCop spook factor in that right moment, exactly you know? it was it was it was it was a lot like uh it was a lot like uh what what's the um what's the star trek movie with the borg queen and she's just a an upper body oh yeah talking, they, uh, they put her into the body oh yeah it's like that it's like ugh, that's ugh, ooh, it's just skeevy. It's, it's creep factor yeah. yeah so uh that that being said uh i, I yeah i found I found his character uh, compelling uh, and obviously for a variety of reasons, like uh, in terms of you're right, he is the heartbeat because I mean, he is an integral, but uh, uh, he's integrated into the story because you know, he's his they, makeup is because of the mother boxes. 
Um, yeah, but they they can't finish the plot without him. That's yeah, really why. Yeah, like he he's the the, the like. He's the whole, I'm going to tear the mother boxes apart. I'm bringing Superman back. Right. I'm like, nothing happens without him. It is true. I do have, uh, yeah, that's right. Because he, he was the one that operated the ship, uh, during that, but he was, I was concerned. Remind me when they, right before they bring Superman back, he has visions of the alternate reality, the apocalypse reality, the, the, the nightmare reality where Superman falls under dark sides, uh, uh, sway right okay and then but but it wasn't um my sense is, is that it wasn't that when he said uh th- how do i put it my sense is is that his hesitation wasn't necessarily that they shouldn't do this it was more of a it wasn't as thought out yeah it was probably more of a i i took it more as of a like wait hang on a second let's think about this um we don't have all of our bases covered in case this does happen like if if he does come out like guns blazing we're we're not prepared we're 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 waiting for a friendly like you know hug and a handshake not you know fisticuffs yeah and and with that possibility i think that was just him going oh, maybe we should think about this for a second. Right. Um, not a, no, let's not do this. Yes, but you're right. He was he was at every step. And like I said, I think that, I think part of that being because he is, he is one with the the, the mother boxes. It makes a lot of sense. Like yeah. If he was, if that wasn't part, if that wasn't the story arc, then he would, he just happens to be able to do these things. Whereas he, yeah. it makes more sense to have him be, part of it yeah like absolutely his capability is such that it's because of his makeup yeah um but uh now dark dark sea dark side dark, dark side dark side oh and um steppenwolf who are these people okay so back in the 70s when uh uh stanley had worn out all his good uh good faith with jack kirby jack kirby being the king of comics the mm. the legend behind the creation of hulk and the fantastic four and uh captain america and you know jack jack was there for all of it um he had some ideas he wanted to go to space and he wanted to make some space space stories and and play with some some gods in space and uh Stan was like, "This not gonna, this gonna, whatever." And blew him off again, and so Jack took his ball and rolled over to DC and rolled out the New Gods. And the New Gods was a story about uh, a, a set of twin planets out in the universe, uh, New Genesis and Apocalypse. And the New Gods reign on on New Genesis, and uh, Darkseid and his Legion reign on Apocalypse, and. Uh, it was kind of uh, let's build this myth- mythology in space that we can then bring to Earth and have cosmic battles, you know. Sure. And so uh, it it sets up a, a villain about a year and a half before Thanos hits the the paperback stands. Um, so definitely some some inspiration oh, sure. uh, Starlin uh, takes and goes, Oh, 
let's take a giant, you know, alien bad guy that wants to corruptively rule over space and monopolize that concept. Sure. Um, sure, sure, sure. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, dark side and the, uh, Steppenwolf is like his, uh, I believe his nephew, uh, but he's one of his his gods on his planet um, on Apocalypse, one of his minions, um, and he's got uh, he's got a few, and basically he just comes to planets and uh, turns them into night- nightmares, hellscapes, and everybody becomes a parademon and serves him, and uh, just total domination. Gotcha. And, and he chases the. Uh, anti-life equation the anti-life equation which, which is kind of like his uh his his finger snap of of dc if you would that's what it sounds like and it's it, it's a i can control life and death on a different level right and it sounds like this um the nightmare scenario the the apocalypse scenario on on earth is a result of that oh uh, yeah it's it seems like uh him him coming to earth and conquering enough to obtain that anti-life equation that now it's down to a, a resistance of, of few and not, you know, a world of, of everyone standing right. against him. Right. And, and uh, to the point where, to the point where you have villains and uh, adversaries on the same side, Um, which is, so the one thing I will say about both the Dawn of Justice and, uh, Justice League films, um, in their, uh, full glory. So I don't know how much of that, uh, that apocalypse scenario happens in, because I noticed that that is in that whole Dawn of justice that the nightmare scenario is it's kind of touched on, but the entire like post credit with the uh, ragtag not Justice League uh, uh, group at the end was entirely Snyder cut. Right. So uh, I will say that uh, I, <laughs> my personal preference, uh, I'm not compelled by DC traditional DC stuff and you, uh, Superman, but I, I felt like just my personal tastes, they have run their course. However, the, the 15 minutes of footage between Dawn of justice and justice league have me all sorts of intrigued about what that looks like, what a film, what, whatever the next justice league looks like in that scenario, I would go see a film that looks like that. And I think that's, I think that's where they're, they've missed their opportunity is because they have like playing that game of, of catch up with Marvel where, you know, they, they were wrapping up their Nolan verse during well, they were in the middle of their Nolan verse at the That's, yeah at the birth of the MCU. Yeah. So like the Dark Knight comes out and then Iron Man comes out the next year. Right. So, you know, and they're they've already got plans with Snyder to like start Man of Steel and so they're 
kind of back talking with him about, well, where can you go with this? Oh, well, maybe we'll introduce Batman and Superman together in the first time on film and like see where we go with that and toss in Wonder Woman. And then like, you know, maybe we can build a Justice League. Maybe we can do this. And I know there was kind of, you know, some of that production back dealing of trying to, to build that way. But, you know, they would have it would have behooved them a lot to take the opportunity and go, Hey, look, we have a lot of these characters. Some people know them. Some people don't. We have tons of like hours of already committed footage between the old Batman animated series, the justice league adventures unlimited, uh, the CW shows, video games, uh, if somebody really wants to find out who these people are beyond this wacky ride, we're going to take them on, you know, they can go find out, but let's just make some fun movies, you know? Right. Exactly. And that's what they've done. And again, I hope this isn't a, um, I hope this, I hope this is something that they will touch on because, um, I found, I found all of that desert, you know, desert, uh, ruin. So fascinating. Because because he only gave you 10, 15 minutes of it, right? I'd say 10 minutes. He only gave you about 10 minutes of, of it between the two films. Um, and my mind ran because all the all the things that could that get you to that point were Deathstroke and uh, um, the Joker and Batman and Cyborg and what's her name from uh, yeah, Mira. Uh, Mira, yeah. And you know, who else are all on the same side trying to undo whatever ha- whatever caused all this, which obviously includes Lois Lane dying. Um uh Wonder <clears throat> Woman is dead. Which then that, that that comes from uh the the subplot, which is interesting in my notes um that comes from a subplot of uh a neither realm uh mortal Kombat studios game uh they they started with a like dc versus mortal Kombat, and then they decided that they were going to just make their own dc fighting game and they gave it a a backstory subplot uh injustice gods among us and uh in that basically that happens uh joker kills lois and superman snaps and tries to to take over like rulership of the planet because you know he can right and uh and it it falls out into a civil war-esque you know there's the followers of batman who are like now nah, we gotta take this dude down and then there's the followers of superman who are like Yo, homie, sign me up. Like, I want to work with you and not die. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, But yeah, I I could, I, I, my mind, my mind ran with all the possibilities of what, what that could be. And I was, I was the most intrigued by that. Um, Especially in some of the things that the, the Joker says where he alludes to that there was a Robin at one point. Now, that's one thing that they I don't remember seeing it in this Snyder cut, which I found interesting, but it was in the Joss Whedon cut 
there was a scene in the cave where you camera pans by a, a Robin suit that uh, is in in glass case that has ha 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 it's like written all over it. Oh, interesting. Um, so alluding to that Robin that died, right? Which is which is comic accurate. There is a there's been you know a handful of different Robins. Dick Grayson being the original. Uh, Jason Todd was the second Robin uh, after uh, Dick had taken off to go, you know, spread his wings literally and metaphorically and become Nightwing and, and, you know, take off on his own adventures. Uh, they were like, let's give Batman another sidekick. And they picked, like, the character they wrote was just the most obnoxious character. And they gave, uh, back in the 80s, they gave fans this really awesome opportunity to call in and vote and uh the fate of jason todd and the joker got a hold of of jason in a trap and the fans voted and joker beat him to death with a crowbar there you go you know so um it was uh it was actually in uh dawn of justice dawn of justice where the the, the, the robin teaser, suit yeah. where he's yeah jokes on you batman yeah I couldn't remember if it was Justice League. I've, but I didn't know. I didn't know that was a Robin suit because I didn't. I wasn't looking clearly enough. Well, that and it's that he uses such muted colors, you know. Yeah. So like, and the spray paint kind of covers the, the, R. the R. Yeah. Um. Like it's not like looking at the the stark Robin suit of old with the little trunkies and the mm-hmm. you know the what you would expect of it. You know? Exactly. Um, and not having seen it on a character at any point in time, it's not like your your eyes gonna just draw to it. And no, and you know what's interesting is that I see I I didn't uh, again that changes the dynamic. I would I in my head, Robin shows up after Justice League, but you're right, that's a Robin suit. So clearly, there's that this is sort of the the thing I've been digging about older Batman yeah. is that between. A, between the Batman of, you know, let's call it the Nolan verse, whatever that age range is, yeah. and this Batman, uh, tw- let's say twenty years, because he keeps saying yeah. that he does keep saying that. Yeah, he's, he's like, been, Garfield, uh, you know, Alfred, we've we you know lived uh, in Gotham for twenty years, been doing this for twenty. Yeah, years. Yeah, so uh-huh. um, so that what is that twenty year? What has <clears throat> transpired in that twenty years? To, he's, to, he's he's lost at least two two Robins. Yeah, exactly. One, one, one off on its own, and then the other one to the hands of the Joker. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a, a lot more. So that's I have really I really didn't think I was going to enjoy older weird looking bat suit Batman Affleck Batman, but I really did. I really enjoyed it, and I will say this. Uh, obviously, being a, a Kevin Smith fan, um, I have enjoyed. Uh, all the works of Batman or uh, all the works of Affleck, including phantoms and all oh, that other oh, yeah. stuff, chasing a era uh, Gigli and all that. I will, I will simp for uh, Affleck and have since I was 20. Um, but I also was willing to acknowledge the fact that Affleck younger Affleck was not the best actor. He was not. He, he definitely, it was something that he, Lucked into roles on his charm and his his uh, ability to 
you know, hit his mark, but uh, it was definitely something he's developed over time. Ar- Argo's an amazing movie. I was going to um, say, yeah, uh, I feel like uh, it's it sort of started with, um, what's the Boston one? The bank robber one. Oh, uh, uh, the town. The town. I think it started there. And, and it's because I think it's because he's directing. It's, it's partially to the directing I saw. I mean, there were like glimpses of it. Like he did uh paycheck was, was a little, like it still had that action poppy kind of thing, mm-hmm. but like you could tell like how he, he ate into the character and ate into the role. Like it was a little deeper. And then you take that same kind of energy and you look at it uh in in kind of pacing and and plot structure uh the accountant the is accountant a very very, really... very very similar to how paycheck plays out yeah but he's such a just deeper level at at the accountant i enjoy the accountant a lot i mean i think it's got like a 50 percent on rotten tomatoes and i am of and like in the 50 50 i'm on the 50 good uh yeah I'm i i enjoyed good. that i enjoyed his acting in it and again that came after i feel like those things you're right there was a trend there was transitioning but i feel like getting behind the lens and learning how to pull performances what you want and not to say that there wasn't some of that old affleck that showed up and like let me put it this way I think that Ben Affleck knows how to, he's very, he's very expressive with his face. And so I think that a lot of Ben Affleck's um, performances, he is, he is at his best when he doesn't speak. Oh yeah. And I think that was what, what came through in um, justice league. Now in Dawn of justice, it was, it was, I don't know what was going on there. And I think it was just because of the nature of how, um, how contained the film was and what it was trying to accomplish that everything was great. You know, Affleck, how do I put it? It, He wasn't, he wasn't being like all while he was being like character was being principled in Dawn of justice. The character was like, it it was a little more in justice league. It was more like it was all the profound. It was all the raw, raw profound shit that he would say that was where I was like, ugh, why'd you say that? Why did you say that? Whereas if you watched on of justice again, he can say all that kind of, uh, um, the, the, you know, do you bleed or whatever? Like, or, you know, he has to be stopped kind of rhetoric, but it was still a little bit more muted and a little bit, it wasn't, it wasn't again, like team, 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 team. Right. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that, you know, with, the absence of the the heart the 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 hope of that team for the building of that team yeah with with superman not being there to be the champion to have to try to thrust that on batman the birdie guy who's just kind of invited to the party and reluctantly right. shows up anyways right. uh is kind of a hard sell but it I've, is because you're especially because you are um you're conf- I feel like there was a, and I, I'm sure it was in the writing, um, but there's a little bit of confliction there is like he, in certain points, he admits that he doesn't bring much to the table except the money. Right. Yeah. Like he, he's just like what, you know, Barry Allen actually asked him, he's like, what is your power? And he's like, I'm rich. Uh, right. I so mean. he kind of, he kind of admits that he is the weakest powered one. Um, 
but at the same time, yeah, it 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 doesn't fit that he is this over here, but also this over here. He uh, it, it just didn't work that he was given the Captain America. We, we'll do that together too. Speeches. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's uh, you can't be schmarmy and at like it's Robert Downey Jr. and and the Tony Stark character is the only way that you can pull that off, right? And it didn't need to be copied in that way for that age of a Bruce Wayne. Right. Oh, good point. Uh, like that's, I think that's also why for, for the, the, his age and the, the position that he's set himself up in mm-hmm. at, 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 I've been doing this 20 years, whatever. Like he, his, his, like the, charming smile like he should be just chill and yeah. real pleasant and like the bruce wayne should be like very disarming and and calm and and you know a, a, a pleasing character be around not anybody who's just trying to glitz and glamour over their identity you know right. and 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 he's grizzled. been he's been doing it so long flipping that 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 face between bruce and batman that he doesn't need to to do to do the over the top right and uh, yeah and grizzled uh, you know old grizzled batman who's worn worn down who's not at his best the one we described a few minutes ago is is not the character to to also try and do the do those speeches i think that those speeches are better suited for someone like cyborg cyborg or flash flash yeah flash is Although, a flash is a fanboy so like that's the that's where i don't think that it would have been <clears throat> necessarily in character it wouldn't it wouldn't have it wouldn't have i think it would have felt as weird with him doing it i thought i think that the cyborg character should to your point about him being kind of like the the main crux of the story that that character doing that kind of stuff um the 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 the, the coalescing of the team, the, the building up the team concept. Cause you already had, you know, the Aquaman guy who was reluctantly there. Yeah. Right. And Gal Gadot theoretically is also reluctantly there. Um, it's like, why, why, why does anybody want to be here? Right. Except for flash. who's just like, Hell yeah, in. sign me up. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Like he doesn't even get to finish selling, selling his, his acre of land. He's like, Oh, where do I sign? Yep. I'm totally, I need friends. You know? Yeah, that was a good line. He's like, I don't have any friends. Um, so yeah, overall it was a good film. Um, I enjoyed it, uh, but it did set me off on, uh, like I said, it did put me on the, uh, the DC path. Um, and, and if you appreciate the flash, I, I really think you'd really appreciate the series. Uh, they do a great job of, uh, going into a lot more depth of playing with that, uh, what his powers are and where they really come from. And, uh, that, that quality of, of fun, but still, you know, is a, is a real character, you know, Mm -hmm. there's depth, there's layers, there's things that he deals with, but, uh, he can also keep a, you know, mostly positive, mostly like, I'm having fun with this. It's, right. kind of, it's kind of hard to stay down and depressed and anchored to the world when you can run a hundred thousand miles an hour. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so 
uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw one more DC thing in there. Um, kind of pivot away from it. Like I was talking about, I, um, I, I went down a, um, I started looking at the, all the other properties of the DC universe. And I was going, I, so the place, the one place I know to go is the CW's website. Oh yeah. <laughs> so oh, it's yeah. like, that's where they all are. Uh, with the exception of Gotham on Fox and Gotham, which is over now. Yeah. And, uh, Pennyworth is not on CW. No, it's on epics. That's right. Epics. And then, uh, there's actually a couple that are not CW that are on HBO max that are worth checking out that are the, uh, like the Netflix shows. Mm, Um, they have, uh, doom patrol. Yeah. Doom patrol. Uh, and Titans titans i I did find i did stumble upon titans live action titans yeah which yeah which is a great series is it good okay it's it's the 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 first season is very much like we're gonna build to the titans Mm -hmm. and then like the first episode of the second season feels like the best payoff for that build okay so it's very much like worth a fun fun run on there and then you get a lot of uh deathstroke you know oh is there a lot uh, of yeah the second season is all appetite same um no it's a different uh different actor (laughs) i love that you know exactly what i was gonna say um so what i stumbled so what i did what i did do looking at the cw website is i was like oh okay so you got batwoman which i gave the pilot episode a try i tried i really did you're not the demographic i know um it was also it was it just I, the way I had it described to me, I was, I was like, what am I, I was like this dialogue, this, 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 that, and the other. And my buddy goes, Hey man, it's the Arrowverse. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And he's like, they're all kind of written like that. And he's like, they've, they've all kind of got that. And I was like, it's all, they all have a little teeny soap opera. Yes, me. exactly. And I was like, fair enough. I was like, no. well, what else can I watch? And but, then, but Twin Peaks was too. I mean, yes, you're, you're not wrong. So, 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 you but just, they tried to bury, but I think that they, they buried the soap opera-ness in how weird it was. Right. And, and that's why I think that out of all of them, why flash and legends of tomorrow have worked the best. Interesting. Okay. Um, like Supergirl's already on its last season. Arrow's already finished its run. Um, flash is still going and, and legends, legends is the show that, that like every five months they're like, Oh, it's probably going to get canceled. And then the fans are like, nah, man, this is the best one because they're tongue in cheek about everything. They're super meta. Uh, you would love that show for geek culture. Cause they, you know, it's the, the, the premise of legends is, uh, time travel, uh, Okay. Rip Hunter, uh, the time agent, uh, recruits his uh, own little suicide squad, as it were, uh, a bunch of characters from different points in time that are either about to die or shouldn't be there or whatever. And he plucks them out of their time period and forges a little team. And then they all ride around in his time ship and mess with history. And, uh, there's, okay. It's it's just wacky and fun, and they take a lot of uh, 
they take a lot of the seriousness out. I mean, yeah. they have a lot of serious stuff that happens, but I find that um, we talked about this, I think a week or two ago, I, th- I, I find that when a, when a, when a property allows itself to get a little weird, that's when it can get fun. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, which is, you know, like the same with the low, this Loki series. I was like, bring it, bring, show me weird. So, show me weird. So one, one note that you would appreciate for the CW and, uh, all of the legends of tomorrow, uh, arrow actually brought us back Brandon Routh into the DC universe. Oh, really? Yes. So arrow reintroduces Brandon Routh as Ray Palmer, who is the Adam. Okay. And he eventually segues over to Legends Tomorrow as part of their crew. And Oh, that's awesome. And so it's it's fun and uh during Crisis there is a uh Kingdom Come-esque uh Superman returns moment where he gets to reprise his Superman role oh, and play good. play play himself again. That's, so, that's, so, that's so thing. it's it's worth the worth the fun dive. If you don't have to go down the the Batwoman, you don't have to Black Lightning. I've tried. I watched the first season. I, I watched a couple episodes of the second season. I really tried to like. It just didn't hook me. Um, mm-hmm. It's just not my show. Uh, so Flash has always been a character that's got me. Arrow. I didn't even get until the third season. And I went back and like, you know, pecked through a couple episodes, but I didn't like deep dive on mm-hmm. it. I just kind of jumped in in the, the third season and ran with it. Right. And uh, it was pretty fun. Like, yeah, it does have some like broody soap opera drama, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, they keep it wrapped up in, in goofy capes and masks. And they do the thing that that Smallville was always very afraid to do you know no 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 capes no masks no no nothing that was the thing right that was was their that was their credo on on smallville no capes no masks it was it was as if uh barbara streisand's hairdresser was producing it uh yeah absolutely (laughs) uh but what i settled on what i decided to uh purely uh, i i would argue purely out of um purely out of the fact that it's new I decided to watch the pilot of Superman and Lois. Ah. So the wife and I watched that last night. Um, so I was like, okay, this just started in February. This is brand new. We're four episodes in. Yeah. I was like, all right, this would, I think this would make great. This would make some great uh, content yeah. to, to follow this because it's brand new. Right. I was going to watch Walker, yeah. but I had, uh, but I also saw that it has like a 30% on rotten tomato Yeah, and, uh, and we're already 10, there's like 10 episodes already. And I was yeah. like, Oh, that's too, that's, I can, I don't want, I can't get caught up until, until it's all out and then you can just bench it. Right. It, so I went with this. And so I watched the pilot of, um, Superman and Lois and I really liked it. I've heard nothing but good things. So one of the things I, I, so one of the things that where I went, okay, I'll, I'll do this is that it's that, that, that is the kid from road to perdition, which is another comic book film yeah. who has grown into the handsomest dude ever. Oh yeah. First of all. And I get that he was, um, or I understand that he was playing Superman in a couple of episodes on Supergirl. He started, yeah, he started as her Superman. Right. And then their universe was always offset 
from the rest of the Flash Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. They they kept them as part of a separate multiverse Earth, and that started because CW uh, CW uh, Supergirl's first season was not on CW. That's it was right. on CBS. It was. That's right. And because they produced their first season and filmed in L.A., not Vancouver, which is what kept Black Lightning kind of separated. Black Lightning filmed here in Atlanta, where everybody else filmed together in Vancouver. Gotcha. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. So, it's it's got um, Taylor... Um, Hulkland. Hulkland. It's probably, it's, yeah. Hold on. Uh, uh, Tyler. Ty, Ty, Tyler, he's way too attractive for that battle I, last name. And he's name. only 33. For dude. that battle last name. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, according to uh, according to Wikipedia, it's Hecklin. Hecklin. Tyler Hecklin, who, uh, yeah, who was uh, Michael in Road to Perdition opposite Tom Hanks. Oh. Um, but uh, so he is. Clark slash Superman. Um, That's a great little book too. Sorry. Random what, oh, uh, Road to Perdition. Perdition. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's fantastic. It, that's, uh, I was working at a comic shop and I found that and it was uh, produced in the same like book series that uh, a history of violence was done in. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I remember that. Uh, yeah. I, I think I have that somewhere. I, not the history of violence. I think I have Road to Perdition. It's, it was the, the size was different yeah. too. the book I have anyway. Um, but uh, so Tyler Hecklin reprises his role as Clark Kent slash Superman. Um, the, the premise is, is that through a, a, a variety of events, he finds himself and Lois, uh, him and Lois have uh, gotten married, had two kids. They are now um, in high school. Uh, they're twins is my understanding. And, uh, they're fraternal twins, obviously not identical twins. Yeah. Um, it's clever. One is named, uh, one is named Jonathan after Jonathan Kent. Jordan is the other son named Mm, after Jarrell. Uh, um, it's, it's, it's full of, it is full of fan service, but very muted. You have to be looking for it, which is nice. They didn't, they don't spoon feed it to you, which is cool. For example, uh, something I noticed I had paused it and had to show my wife is there's a little whiteboard uh, at the beginning, I think 15 minutes in and they're in their home and uh, there's a, an appointment to go see. Or, so the, one of the sons has uh, emotional problems mm. and one of the sons is like the star quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right. And therapy is with Dr. Donner. Wow. And so you see it, but you just yeah. see it on the board on the it's board. Just, it says Dr. Donner. And then below that, um, uh, it says call Siegel Schuster. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And yeah. which there's your two, there's your two guys that created Superman, it, it, things like that. So, um, cute little, cute little throwaways that if you're looking for them, these little Easter eggs. Um, but, uh, so through, uh, one event or another, they end up having to, uh, they end up deciding to move back to Smallville or they come back to Smallville. Um, and, uh, that's basically the gist of the pilot. Um, there is a villain that they have introduced um, that will probably, I don't know how long this villain uh, will be there, but uh, so Superman at the beginning is living in Metropolis with his sons. Um, he's still Superman doing Superman things, but he hasn't told his sons that uh, he is Superman. Um, 
And uh, so there's there's a lot of good family drama angles they can take um, with the story, as you can probably guess. So there's, uh, you know, there's story arcs of what if the sons have powers? What if none of what if none of them have powers? What if one does and one doesn't? Those kinds of things you can yeah. they they can explore. They are definitely embracing the multiverse because the the quote unquote villain uh, makes uh, that you see he's he shows up for he's a he's sort of a he's sort of a, a there are scenes that involve him two or three in the whole first hour in that hour pilot um so he's sort of a background to what's really bringing them back to smallville yeah but you can tell that they've embraced the multiverse because he makes comments like i'm you know how he knows cal he calls him cal l because he knows who he is from his world yeah uh that doesn't exist anymore whatever yeah um so they're flat out embracing the the um multiverse from that um but uh a couple of the things i i i appreciate about it is it's well produced the production value is really good um and and that's almost a decade of of cw like throwing money in with dc mm -hmm. to, to make it happen Sure. You know, because like you go back and look at the first season of Flash or the first season of Arrow and the first season of Legends and the and, and they're not like bad, but you can see where like now I can imagine the first season of this, like, hey look, we already know we're gonna get our money out of this. So it's just right. it's it's worth it to throw throw a little Game of Thrones money in. Exactly. And and and, and it worked because the <clears throat> The sets, the sets are good. The 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 effects are good. Um, they don't, they're not. Um, uh, for the most part, you know, I'd say the the effects are ninety eight percent there. Uh, you know, you can tell where they were like, I get it. Where you kind of some of the stuff, there's just a few things where you're like, oh, but for the overall, the effects are good. The um, the camera shots. Whoever they whoever they used on the pilot to do, to be the director of photography really know where they were doing with placing cameras, really getting shots. It's well acted, shockingly, which yeah. is one of the problems that you get with some of these shows. Yeah. Is it's a little bit more you get you get unknowns. Yeah. And so you have, you know, whatever. Um it's well acted. Uh they uh Lois Lane's dad is a, a character throughout the show, uh, and he is played by Dylan Walsh who was in uh nip tuck yeah 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 uh and uh uh congo G general uh general lane general lane yeah he's a general yep so basically it's like it's it's like superman was work is working for lois's dad yeah it's which is kind of a fun uh, it's kind of funny yeah um so and then you know again back to the story arcs of of what you can do with this show while you're trying to accomplish your main story, you know, season story is again, family drama of, you know, you, you, you Superman can't stop being Superman. Yeah. Right. But low, you know, Clark, Clark has his own responsibilities, but he's, but they're not the same as Superman's and yeah. the, the given, the given and, take and of it's, that. And, and it's hard for somebody like Lois to fully get what it's like to be Superman. You know. Correct. Yeah. So it's, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to watch it. I'll probably watch another episode tonight and try to just work my way through the week and getting caught up on it. Um, but so far I'm a fan. I enjoyed it. Um, 
if you can slip in a, a flash or a legends. I think, yeah, I think I will. Cause I didn't know. And, and again, I, I am enjoying, I enjoy the character of the flash. Um, cause I enjoy that again, that's a goofy side of things. Um, it, I mean, and, and they, they make very clear sense of it in the show that, you know, most of their villains are so goofy and most of their like abilities and things are so goofy that is that, uh, is the flash the show that has, um, the two dudes from prison break. Yes. Playing, playing Mr. Fire, Mr. Ice or whatever. Yeah. Ca- Captain cold and heat wave. That's right. Okay. So yeah, yeah it's, Oh, it's, very, very. And it's can, very, can I, can, can I say that Wentworth Miller playing Wentworth Leonard, Miller, that's right. Leonard snart is fantastic. Like as, 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 interesting or as intriguing of a character as he played in prison break it doesn't scratch the surface of of leonard snart okay like it's like i feel like wentworth really just gets to deliciously chew his scenery and he loves every second of it when he plays snart it's it's fun okay i think i'm gonna i i will i will give one of those uh i i am i am leaning towards legends yeah, it's 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 a broader ensemble, and the first season's kind of a mess, but the second season comes back so hard that like it's worth kind of choking through the first season just so you kind of get get on board the ship and kind of get a flow of who things are, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then when they roll that second season, they just start hitting just this this run of fun. Okay. And it's it's nothing but Easter eggs and fan service and the like the most fun palatable hour that you're just like oh this is great okay yeah I'm gonna do that then but yeah definitely uh de- I I would recommend to you definitely give uh that Superman and Lois a uh, watch one one of the uh one of the other th- we're, uh, I'll say before I the lady they got to play Lois Lane uh the actress is playing Lois Lane is unique looking um. I think what they did is they went out of their way to find someone who was as unique looking as uh Margot Kidder. I, I feel like it was definitely a, a, a kind of nod to Margot, like it has her to casting. Be. Uh, Cause I, I felt like that uh, because it previously they've, they've done Lois and like Smallville and, and everywhere and she's typically been uh and it's and it's not that the actress herself is entirely like a unique looking like she's she's definitely got her own but in her normal yeah. or normal day but when they they superman and lois are they they definitely distinct her even hard her oh but you can see like the bones of, oh, yeah. of margot kidder in, this oh, pic- yeah. in these pictures right oh yeah it's it, and that was absolutely done on purpose. You know, it was done on oh, purpose. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's entertaining. They, I, I think they're, they make a, uh, um, I think her and Tyler, uh, Hecklin, um, work well together as, uh, as, um, scene partners, which is awesome. And, and I like him as, as, a, a kind of a bridge between that, uh, Donner Superman and, uh, uh, man of steel you know yeah yeah exactly he's um it's uh it, it's it's kind of a there's a dean there's a dean kane element to him a little, little bit a little bit right he's sort of like 
all the supermans in one yeah right yeah and this is what we came up with and i was like the, okay, yeah exactly it's it's uh, that's a good good way to put it i feel yeah. like they, they they you took the the things from each one that you liked and then they shoved them into one dude and, and the one and and i liked that they didn't do anything dumb with his hair no i appreciated that a lot no and and the other thing that i like a lot is he's not uh i mean he's kind of he's kind of you can see he's kind of superman with five o'clock shadow Oh yeah, he gets like no they shirts. don't. Yeah, like he's he's work he's a working man, Superman. He's right, like he gives no like. Well, at this point, I feel like also he's his daily planet careers and the garbage. He's full time Superman. He's you know he's not trying to keep up that aspect of his life other than like oh I'm married to Lois and I kind of do my thing. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So they did a really good job with that. I turn um, in my on location. Uh, uh, report that i file with the the you know website that i'm writing for and here's my article and you know you don't need to see me at the office for another year right uh it's uh yeah so from from that it uh it's uh it's 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 good um like i said i'll give that a watch uh okay so after that um i then finished the night off watching falcon and the winter soldier I, I did the same last night and um i was very happy with the product i was too and i was glad that i went ahead and watched it and i can be excited about it and talk about it and build this week and week and week and you know uh not you know binge all seven or eight episodes at once and, exactly you know kind of keep this old school tv watching hype yeah i this is one i am i am fine with because i am jonesing to watch more yeah i'm ready for the next one because uh the thing the thing that i that that it's funny now that we're starting to have these weekly discussions i think about those things they they're you know those the things we talk about uh are dormant in my brain now and so when i was watching falcon and winter soldier i was immediately thinking about our conversation about marvel spy films yeah and i was like this is what this is gonna be sign me the f up see i was i did the same thing because as soon as they brought in the blip narrative i was like man kenny's gonna love this Uh, yep yep i because i dug that about wandavision too i like because you're again you're i i i I can i eat that shit up with a spoon right now like all that all the um shared universe yeah like connectivity well, like, yeah and 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 the and the the stories the story lines you can make with you know again five years went by like they didn't uh, you like, can't they didn't get a loan everything. homie because you don't have employment record right. for five years exactly and he's like well i didn't exist for five years you know it's but i'm i'm the falcon <laughs> exactly um i i in the same way that wandavision was dealing with uh or maria rambo is dealing with that and um sword <clears throat> Uh, in there and clearly these things are taking place at the same time uh the, uh, the uh wandavision and falcon and the winter soldier yeah. are taking place at the same time um but Just, this goes back to the that concept that that uh that um that conversation we had about the different feels again like with the spy like this is that spy seriousness which is but with an element of funny whereas um wandavision was like, hey, you know all these funny characters? Let's put them in there, like Jimmy yeah. Yang and uh, oh, yeah. uh, um, or Jimmy Woo. Uh, Jimmy Yang's the uh, comedian. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Woo 
and Darcy and uh, you know, all yeah. so it was, it's funny that these two, that these two sets of, of characters can exist in the same universe, oh, yeah. which makes everything great. Like it's, also it's, 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 it's the, what makes it feel like a real world. Yeah. Yeah. Which it, to, to give credit, that's where Marvel in their comics and everywhere have always uh, had that connection with an audience as they've always known how to tell their narrative within a, a real world. Right. You know, Spider-Man's anchored by New York along with, you know, Daredevil and Punisher and a bunch of other characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC is all fictional, you know, it's Metropolis and Gotham and Central City and Coast City. And they're all fictional cities that we don't have a connection to. So right. it, it, it takes a, a higher level of suspension and disbelief to believe in an entirely different world with cities that don't exist in our our country and and things that you know we can't go visit that place we can't have that connection to where marvel can make that connection in in our real world and build that and so it feels a lot more uh fleshed out and fun when we get to experience like hey i saw bob from the pub over at you know kroger yesterday and we had a funny conversation you know it's it's great to be able to run into somebody that you wouldn't expect to see out this place or that place right. it's like the real world you right. know yeah um so this but yeah it's uh it, what i this uh this will i'm very excited for this um some of the some of the things i noted that i found more interesting is you were telling two different stories that did intertwine absolutely i right. thought that was awesome i know they will oh, they'll get there they, but they don't have to no not, they, not, not because not the, for a while even in the story even in the title of the show Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh. You that's just two different people. Yeah. Man, I the, the title of the show is just two different people. Just two different. We're so just here, telling two different go. people. Two different people. Um I do uh so you know, again, spoilers because you you this will be up next week and you should have had a week to watch it. Um I am enjoying uh I ne- I didn't think and this is a great way they went with it is I'm enjoying the Bucky atoning thing doing his 12 steps. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I, again, I didn't know what this show was going to be. I don't think yeah. anybody really did. No. Um, and I am very pleased with how, what it's turning out to be. Um, I'm, I'm very, uh, we'll get to the end in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that has a lot to do with what this show is going to be. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to, um, I'd like to get your, uh, I mean, I know, I know, I, I mean, I've read the stuff that they, uh, before the stuff, the show started, yeah. so I know kind, kind of. of what's going on, yeah. um, with that, especially with that ending. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean the, I didn't know what they were going to do and how they're going to do it. I know that, um, Zemo is going to end up being the, the villain, bad, yeah, the yeah. villain du jour yeah. of the, of the, of the series. Which I'm, I'm excited about that's I'm, pur- pur- purple mask, purple mask Zemo. Yeah. The one from the comics. Yeah. Um, yeah, bring that, uh, George, I was, I wasn't sure if that was George St. Pierre at first. It is show George St. Pierre, and, and he, and he, the Batrock the Leaper, yeah. uh, from, uh, uh Ultron, Ultron. A Winter Soldier. Was that Winter yeah, Soldier? Yeah, on the aircraft carrier or the battleship or whatever. I thought it was in the Ultron too, right before the, uh, I mean, it had just been Winter Soldier. Yeah, I know that, I know that he... The, he's 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 been there before. Yeah, That's no, he's happy. been in the he's been in the yeah. yeah. So I I'm I, I didn't know. I did no idea. Happy to see him back. Yeah, because I, I forgot that. 
uh, he, he wasn't dispatched. No. Yeah. So um, neither was Zemo, which is great. No. You know, that's the that's the best part. Don't kill your villains. Yeah, you don't need to kill your villains. I mean, you can if they're Ultron that don't exist. Yeah, because you know, then or, they or can be rebuilt. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well. It's it's easy to do. It's easy to. You can fix kill that. off your heroes. Don't kill off your villains. Exactly. Um. Uh. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying what you're doing with that, or what they're doing with that. So you've got. So you got the two storylines. You have Falcon, who both of these guys have been blipped. Both of these guys have been blipped, but respectively, one of them didn't exist for 70 years anyways. That's true. So he's only looking out for his emergence into society for his crimes of being a you know frozen Russian assassin for 50 years. Right. And... So his narrative doesn't really have anything to do with his five years not on the earth. Right. That was just five years that he couldn't be doing what he's doing now. Exactly. And he's just working on his 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 mojo where all of the repercussions of the five years are falling on uh on Falcon. Oh, oh, yeah. Uncle Sam. That's right. Uncle Sam. Um which I thought was a, a, a cute introduction to to pushing his narrative of uh of of putting himself in somebody else's shadow and not believing that he can live up to an expectation and therefore giving away his his i guess birthright his sure his 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 given you know he was passed a torch and he he handed that torch off you know yeah yeah so you know, so your show starts uh, where, you know, they're back. Uh, Sam donates the shield, realizes he can't do it or he, doesn't want he, to. He can't. He doesn't think he can handle the uh, the the mantle. Right. So he donates the shield to the Smithsonian and is now dealing with personal shit, trying to get his family's business going and whatever. And then doing his Falcon top, shit his, on the his side. Top, his Top Gun shit on yeah, the his side. Yeah, his Top Gun stuff. And then uh, conversely, you have uh, Bucky, who is going through his 12 steps of atoning for all of his uh, making his amends for being the, the winter soldier, being the winter soldier um, and dealing with uh, I am enjoying the um, the psychological aspects of that for him. Yeah, um, the, the, the psychological torture, because that's because for like you said, for that 70 years, uh, it didn't really matter. Right. Like because no. he was his. And, and and that's the that's that's the cool that's the cool story arc too or the the cool narrative that you can tell is how much of how much of this does does free minded Bucky have to atone for right um, honestly nothing that's what I'm saying so yeah. he's he he's torturing himself like to to a level that nobody should ever go to let alone the fact that he shouldn't be torturing himself at all. Like he has nothing to atone for. He was captured by, you know, a foreign government and turned into a, a weapon. Like, and he was, and the worst part is, is that he was already tortured by them. Cause remember in, in winter soldier, no, in civil war. Yeah. And, and when Iron Man asks if he remembers them and he says, I remember uh, all of them, all of them. And so he, in the, it's, it's, it's awake, but not in control. Exactly. Know? So it's it's very it's it's just interesting. It's 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 a really sad character, and it'll be yeah. interesting to see how 
how they get him through this. Like, I don't have any doubt that Marvel has, you know, some, some ideas of, of how to write, uh, uh, characters that have really like traumatic mental situations. Uh, they wrote, Frank Castle in the Punisher series really well. Mm-hmm. They did PTSD and a lot of things really well. Right. And, uh, you know, they've done that with quite a few other things. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he is a, he is a tragedy. He's a tragic character. And so, and, and, and again, you have 10 hours of that you, and, and as many seasons as this, as you want to kind of write this story which, or, or, or as many spinoffs or exactly, or whatever, you know, movie you want to pop up and throw them into and, you know, wherever. Right. Um, which then leads to, uh, the end at the end of the, the end of the episode where whoever that guy is that was there with Rhodey, I don't know who that is. I don't know what character that is. I'll look him up later. Uh, but then fast forward to turning on the TV and that guy is now announcing that there is a new Captain America. Yeah, you don't man. see who it is um, at first, but we know who it is. Um, but he's got the, he's got cap shield and what have you. Oh no, you do see his, you do see the front. He looks weird. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, that is, um, do you have the actor's name? He's a, he's a uh, Wyatt Russell Russell. He's Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. Yeah. Um, and he was in, he started the AMC show Lodge 49, which was cut short because it was such an amazing show. That's what I keep hearing. I never watched it. My sister-in-law was a costumer on it. Yeah. It was, um, it was literally one of the most, like, it was a really, really interesting concept and really well thought out. And I, I really wanted to see where they went with it. So I was bummed when I got bumped out. Yeah. Uh, So he was the dude with the the blonde guy with the beard and the hair and whatever and Lodge 49. And then. He doesn't have uh, the beard now, and he looked. Um, he, do you remember uh, back in the late eighties and early nineties when Budweiser had the bitter beer face guys? Yeah, vaguely. I think it was Budweiser. It was like, oh, bitter beer face, and it was the old guys that would like contort their mouths or whatever. And did you remember this? Uh, let me see if I can bring. It up. He, uh, the best one I saw was uh, the comparison to the old man from Up. Yeah, basically, he yeah. looked like the old man from Up. Yeah, um, it looked like somebody had shoved the old man from Up's head in Cap's mask. It's these, it's these the people uh, like these weak that, jaw, yeah, yeah. whatever. That's what he looked like to me. Is, is I wish I, uh, you know, we'll have to do a uh, uh, Instagram so that we can some yeah. of these things we can share when we talk about yeah. episodes. But it, it's these these weird weak jaws. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that old people. It's uh, it's the the buffalo smile. You know. Yes. Yep. Uh, Keystone Light, I guess, was the bitter beer face. Wow. One, but anyway, that being said, uh, yeah, he looked uh, he looked weird in that mask with the weak with the weak jaw. It comes out with that 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 just goofy, disarming buffalo smile, mm-hmm. like which it's, I, it's, I, a, it's a wide it's a wide jaw. It's not like a soft looking jaw. It just doesn't have any edge to it. It's just flat, right? And uh, I obviously I think he was I think he was chosen on purpose. Absolutely. And so the weak jaw Wyatt Russell is uh not not really like they teased a bit of who he may be, but uh not really revealed they will throughout the, the coming weeks. But in 
comic world that is uh john walker right u.s agent u.s well he becomes a u.s agent after uh in the in the comics uh cap you know comes back and reclaims his title because john walker has a history of not being the best captain america Uh which i i have a sense that's what's going to happen with this character a little of ptsd and a little of uh superpowers and a little bit of ego and a little bit of uh boots too big to fill um it doesn't make for a good successor and uh so he he over uh over compensates and uh he's not the best cat and uh Yes, and comics eventually, after shedding his title, picks up his own shield and becomes U.S. agent. Okay. So that's, yeah, that'll be interesting to watch um, how they do this. But uh, again, yeah, so you'll have this. Will he be, um, will he be a primary? Will he be sort of a secondary thing? How much, what will they do with him? I feel like his point is to... It's two twofold. Uh, it's to propel Falcon into the role, right? So he will probably be disappointing on purpose. He will. He will. He will disappoint at first. Mm-hmm. He will. He will. He'll. He'll do something to amaze and get the crowd in and show there's a new Captain America. Mm-hmm. And then within an episode or two, he will do something to bombastically show his ass, right? Or as as uh, the fans have already pointed out, lack thereof in comparison to Chris Evans, um, <laughs> and that is America's ass. That is America's ass. Um, but uh, he will show his ass, and uh, it and it'll set the stage for Falcon instead of Steve to come in and take the mantle back and say right. like, "You can't hold this," and then place him in that role, or if they even go in that direction which Marvel's done both where Falcon's been the cap and Bucky has been cap. So they have an opportunity to flutter either way, whether Falcon does see himself on that role or he sees Bucky as ready to take up that mantle at the end of the series. Right. So they have two different directions that they can push. The ultimate goal is really though, you're going to get two dudes with a shield. Yep. At the end of the series. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Uh, I don't think they're going to wash out or get rid of U.S. agent anyway. Mm-hmm. I think that very much, you know, they're, they're putting him in for a reason to not just, you know, throw him in for fan service or use him as just a, a crux in this storyline, but uh, to, to ha- down the line have another guy with a shield that, they can call on for, oh, hey, in Spider-Man, or, oh, hey, in this movie. Well, you know, Cap Falcon or Cap Winter Soldier is busy on this planet, but mm-hmm. we'll get, uh, you know, that's how the comics always work. That's why you create new characters is because you need to tell a story with a Captain America in it. And, well, continuity says Captain America's on Mars right now, so, right. you know. So how do we tell a uh, Captain America story while he's... Well, not here. Yeah. Well, U.S. agent got called for this job, you know. Right. So it'll be good. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I was very, very pleased with what I watched. Um, it the 
how how long was that episode? That was uh, uh, like forty nine minutes. Yeah, um, and it 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 just I was subsumed by it. It was it moved. It really did. It, it, moved. It, it the pacing was so great where to the point where I could watch it. Like I said, oh, you know, I can I I, I, I could have binged this. I, I I but to me, this now gives me the opportunity to uh, enjoyingly go back and rewatch this episode and pick out things that I didn't catch when I was enjoying the, the blast of a ride from the beginning. Right. Cause it, it, it was, it was, it was just having a good time. And I know there's a lot of little things I missed, but now I've got a week. And so I can sit and, you know, take an, another 49 minutes and right. just like really chill and pay attention. And Yeah. Uh, here's a question, uh, conjecture question for you. Who, who was the, who was the, the, um, who do you think was behind the mask in that, um, riot that beats up the, uh, air force intelligence guy? Is that Patrock or is that Zemo with the, the handprint? Yeah. He jumps out of the, of the window and has the two bags and yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's either. I think it's somebody else. Okay. I think that's somebody else right there. I think that's going to be like a, a another like second tier villain that's going to be like one of Zemo's henchmen kind of guys. Another D list power villain for right. Following uh, you, 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 you got to well, following them will lead you to, but also you'll end up with a like one two battle where you have. Falcon and soldier fighting against Zemo. And right. You're going to need a, yeah, yeah you exactly. got to have a second crux. You got two heroes, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it'll be good. Uh, what, what else you got? Uh, I got a bunch of quick little things. Yeah. Let's are, go through, go through the, go through the little, uh, the, the news stories, the little news stories that I, th- I thought were fun. I'm really excited. I don't know about you and your Mike judge history, but, um, Apparently, there's some serious talks about reviving King of the Hill. Well, that is awesome. I know um, he's I he was on a uh, he's been very cryptic about the projects he's working on right now. Yeah, uh, he he shows up on uh, um, Clubhouse, the, yeah. the Clubhouse app every yeah. so often. And I, I was sitting in there listening to one and he was being very cryptic about some animation projects. Yeah. Uh, one of them is Beavis and Butthead. So yeah, he is, he is bringing oh, yeah. that back. But there's, he said he was, there was, he's like, there's other projects I can't talk about, blah, 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 blah. And they don't sound like feature films. No, I, I a hundred percent. There's, there's a lot of, uh, too much chatter around that one. Uh, King of the Hill returning with a 15 year time jump. (laughs) So everybody's age 15 years from, from, from the, you know, cycle that they were stuck in for 11 seasons or whatever they were right on. so you know uh, hank is now what like his dad uh, hank is like his dad's age bobby's probably going to be he was 13 so he's late 20s and uh, you know luann's probably going to be 40 uh oh and that's disappointing too. It's, yeah, yeah. britney has gone <laughs> that's and and tom petty lucky's gone so they can they'll probably just write that in a way that you know luann and lucky are just off on their own life right um but uh the the narrative play box of uh texas and 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 trump country 
through the lens of Mike Judge just sounds real funny to me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, talking about nostalgia and reboots and reimaginings, Disney Plus is bringing us Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Yep. I saw uh, the trailer for that. Um, and I, I don't know if you caught my notes. Emilio, true story. Emilio, the mighty tuck man, I swear <laughs> to God. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's coming back and uh, doing a kind of fun, hey, kids can't play. Let's you know, get a team it, together. It is funny that he's uh, that he is now in the uh, the Joss Auckland role. Yeah. Uh and they're probably the same age at this point. Um oh. I'm gonna Google that right now, actually. Yeah. Let's tell you. And I and I, I do appreciate how the ducks are now the asshole elitist team. Right, exactly. You know. Uh so Emilio is fifty eight and yeah. let's see, in uh, the Mighty Ducks. Which I think was like ninety three. There you go, the Mighty Ducks. Um film The Mighty Ducks. Stephen Herrick uh, directed. Uh, he also directed things like Critters, Bill and Ted's Excellent oh, Adventure. Great. Don't tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Three Musketeers. Classics. And so this guy is this guy's plugged in. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, the character who ran the uh, yeah Joss Ackland as Hans, nineteen twenty eight. So let's do the calc. Twenty eight ninety three. Yeah. Nah. He just have been like 65. 65, a little bit, a little bit, older. just a little bit, but not by much. But so if you've funny. looked at Emilio, he's about 60. <laughs> <laughs> he does look, uh, he oof. looks a little, little uh, road hard and hung up. But it, uh, it is, it is fun. It is funny to think that the, um, the, uh, the harder living of the two Sheen boys looks better than the, the, than the, the, the religious the, the straight laced yeah, one, straight laced one. Yeah, that is funny. So yeah, oh. the Mighty Ducks uh, featuring some of those guys from uh, the originals. Uh, shows coming back for her kind of cameo little bits. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, I saw that the guy, some of the guy, a couple of the actors from uh, 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 Letter Kenny, yeah, are going to be in the oh, show, yeah. which is yeah. great because I mean it's yeah. a hockey show. So it's why a not? hockey, exactly. Why not? Right. Uh, Disney Plus is also bringing uh, Monsters at Work for the uh, Monsters, Inc. universe. Okay. Uh, I'm guessing it's going to be, it's a, they said it's a series, and I'm guessing it's going to be like a little half-hour uh, sitcom of like the monsters at their job doing, you know, Laugh Factory stuff. But uh, Mindy Kaling joined the cast. And I feel like they've just turned this into Monster's Office. And I'm, yeah. and I'm kind of curious to see what that looks like. Yeah. Um, uh, scare me. Uh, working as a mechanic. I feel like a dream. Uh, yeah. And and they got the cast, man. They got yeah. it's John Goodman, Billy Crystal, oh, yeah. Ratzenberger, Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. Everybody. All of them. All of them are back. All of them are back, and then they're just going to throw Mindy Kaling in. So I'm like... And it looks like the main guy is going to be Ben Feldman. I like him. Um, yeah. He, uh, yeah, that Superstore show. Yeah. And then he, I think he was in, um, 
I think it was in a few episodes or a, a small story arc in um, Mad Men. If I'm not mistaken. Let me see. Yep, Mad Men. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He had a he had a, a season or two uh, in Mad Men. Uh, so I like him a lot. He's a good actor. Uh, Mindy Kaling, yeah. Henry Winkler, Wink, who is apparently the sweetest man in the world. I cannot imagine how that would be anything but true. Right? It's like I've heard. I have. I've seen. I've heard him in interviews. I have. I have heard other people talk about him. Yeah. And he is nothing but the sweetest man ever. I feel like what you would imagine combined with uh, Dennis Hoffman's character in Meet the Fockers. Yes. Okay. Yep. Just the sweetest, like just come up and give you a long, awkward hug, kiss, neck thing Mm -hmm. that you didn't ask for, but you're not mad at. You're just going to take it. You know, I just, I feel like. Just go out of your way to make sure you're happy and comfortable, but make you feel loved. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, um, Face Off is getting a sequel. I heard about this. The director of the upcoming Godzilla versus King Kong is directing. Adam Weingard. Yeah. And his uh, his thought behind this is we want to make this a sequel sequel, like not a like spiritual sequel or a reboot or whatever. Like we Castor wanna, Troy. We and... want to go back into the world of Castor Troy and, uh, you know, find a way to bring John Travolta and Nick Cage back. <laughs> and I'm not opposed to that. No, I. So here's my thing. All. I have gotten to the point where I am. I am. I am embracing this is what Hollywood's doing. So my thing is I will be your harshest critic. So it better be good. Right. Yeah. You, you're more than welcome to attempt or, or, or make it so bad. It's good. Right. Like you're more than welcome to attempt it and acknowledge how off the rails it's going. Exactly. But do it intentionally. Like exactly. Let me know that this is going to be a train wreck. You're either doing this. You're either doing this for real or you know you're not doing it for real. Yeah. I'm in on the joke. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You let me in on the joke or it better be awesome. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not going to be mad at it either. Yeah, way. no. Yeah, go ahead. Attempt attempt away. Oh yeah, but, go for it. Yep. I mean, it's not John Woo, but so well, no so no slow motion doves. No slow motion doves. <laughs> um Venom? Ah, yeah. Let Tell me about be- Venom. Venom, venom, let, venom, 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 venom. let there be carnage. Did you catch carnage the, is red venom, right? Kind of. I mean, yes, the, yes. The red, like, red like, symbiote. Yeah, red yeah. symbiote. Yeah. Yes. Um. So Andy Circus directing. Andy Circus is really? directing. Yes. Okay. He's directed a few things. Um. And he, it, if there's any director in the world that can follow a plot and understand mocap. That would be exactly bingo. Um, and considering what this film is going to be with, uh, not one, not two, but at least three symbiote characters that are, uh, and that's, uh, Woody Harrelson is, is carnage, right? Yeah. Woody Harrelson is playing Cletus Cassidy, AKA carnage. And, uh, Naomi Harris is playing Shriek, his love interest. I like Naomi Harris. Um, 
and then Michelle Williams is coming back. Tom Hardy's coming back. I I enjoyed the first Venom movie. It wasn't like a, a masterpiece, but it told the story that needed to be told and did so in an interesting way of separating that character on his own instead of defining it so deeply to Spider-Man. They could move Eddie Brock out of New York and still be able to tell a narrative with him and the symbiote and their relationship without having to involve Peter Parker and that whole right. side, side scope. Right, 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 right. Um, so Rotten Tomatoes gave the original Venom a low score, but the audience, the audience or the critic score is low. Yeah. Audience score is high, high, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. That's good. And I've, we've seen this a lot. We've seen this a yeah. lot and, and, and it's not, it's, it's, uh, it, you know, well, that comes down to critics being also critics where exactly. you're like, Hey, I'm expecting X, Y, and Z. And then fans going, going, I saw Spider-Man three. I'm not expecting shit. Right. Oh, Hey, <laughs> hey, that was pretty fun. Tom That's Hardy exactly, did great. That's you know? exactly what it is. Yeah. I, I saw emo Spidey. I, 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 I saw emo Spidey and Topher Grace. Like, yep. Like, no. And then you get to see Jack Tom Hardy running around being like, of venom you know right so it's it's a different thing you were talking earlier about um logan and grizzled old batman yeah the uh uh new texas chainsaw massacre i saw this in your notes and that's the first thing i thought of was the logan it was logan yeah. i was like oh uh, my. well that's that's the the comic arc that that logan movie was based off was called old, old, man, man, logan. old man logan yeah. yeah um very different very different story okay oh absolutely different story uh quick quick rabbit hole on that one mm-hmm. since since you're a huge fan of the movie anyways i did um, yeah no i i loved logan uh I, it was dude i didn't think that an x-men movie would make me f- have those kinds of feels oh yeah but boy did i have feels because oh, yeah. it was like i was telling my wife i was like so there's a couple of things you have patrick stewart right uh, who's already in his late 70s early 80s uh, and then like you 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 have him in that character as old charles right old, old like close close to death like exactly uh, um and then but but i know that i was there like i saw the the first x-men in the in the movies, movies. yeah at, in the theater and, and, you, and, and, and you saw star trek the next generation yeah, yeah. And on on tv so yeah, so there was there was I was nineteen, and so now I'm I'm twenty years later, yeah. and so there, it was just like all of that, oh, yeah. you know, and and seeing Logan be old and things like that. It's just it, it caught me in the feels. Oh yeah, just, no, they they did a great story. They combined uh, several different stories and wrapped it kind of in a a, a package on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the book Old Man Logan uh is a, a just rampantly different uh story because mm-hmm. it involves much of the uh MCU at large. Oh, interesting. So, uh the earth was uh kind of all the villains teamed up and decided they needed to find a way to take out the the heroes mm-hmm. and just run the planet. And they do and then they separate the country and so like the eastern 
seaboard is all run by Red Skull. Like the uh, Magneto has a strip out in in this area. Uh, this this villain owns like this swath of of America, and then this this area is like no man's land, like Midwest desert. Nobody goes through there. Like it's mm. just, uh, and then they got the Hulk territory where the Hulk and, and his clan have set up, and it turns into this real weird inbred hillbilly farmer like hooks up with his cousin she hulk and like has a bunch of weird hillbilly like uh the the hills have eyes kind of kids oh uh, wow Ooh. and takes a real weird turn but uh they the the whole trip of it instead of charles having like a, a situation where you know he kind of lost it and and people were hurt and things kind of drove things to a certain point. Uh, Mysterio, uh, Spider-Man's villain, uh, confuses, uh, gets in Logan's head and has him believe that he's seeing all these villains all over the X-Mansion and Wolverine goes berserk and literally slaughters the entire x-men like everybody Mm -hmm. everybody he loves everybody he's ever cared about and so then he withdraws and so that was their pinch let's take out the x-men first and then we'll start taking out other heroes and take over the country so then this is like years years later uh hawkeye comes to him and is like he's blind and desperate and he's like i need you and they make a dash across the country to uh Deliver a package, but really kind of stop stop what's happened, you know. Gotcha. Kind of fix fix their their mistake. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a totally different narrative. They pick and choose ideas of it, but it's still this like Wolverine at the end of his 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 time, right? You know. Okay. They they've done a few of those in in books. They did a, a Hulk the end, where it was kind of the end of his time mm. past all, all all other things marvel you know he's outlived and outlasted it's one of those interesting they could always tell another narrative you know oh yeah absolutely you know. willow i was just looking at that one willow is uh getting a sequel series i doubt that we're gonna see val kilmer Mm-mm. i just don't see that one coming back mm-hmm but we are going to have uh our our little uh our little namesake of the show uh returning. Oh yeah, I have no doubt that Warwick will Warwick Warwick has already signed on mm-hmm. and uh going to reply reprise his role. That'll be uh That'll be interesting. Yeah. Again, you you have my blessing to attempt but uh, again, you better uh, you better come correct. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, overall though, like you can only improve on Willow. I mean, that's you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, for its time and what we experienced and appreciated out of it, yeah, it was it was great. But at the same time, you can only improve on that. That that falls in that that. Uh, realm of of not that it was bad in any way, but the 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 necessity of a Lord of the Rings series on Amazon, you know, right? You know, 
Yeah, that's happening, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah, that's coming. And a lot of people are like, why? We just had the movies that told the whole story. And I'm like, yeah, no, you had three movies that told like a third of the story. Right. Because really those books are like six seasons, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's you know, you get to go go watch the movie, a.k.a. get the cliff notes, or, you know, you can jump into a series and go deeper. So. Right. I'm I'm curious and excited about So that. yeah, but there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff a lot of content coming our way. A lot of content. So uh that was uh it'll be interesting to see what these as these projects develop uh what 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 becomes of them. But I, uh I forgot to ask you. Have you watched Solar Opposites on Hulu? No. The, from uh Justin Roiland from Rick and Morty. No, I haven't yet. I I I know of it. I know All what right. it is, but I haven't watched it yet. Well, the second season drops this week. Oh, okay. So yeah, I've saw the, I've saw yeah. the commercials. For it's, it. uh, it's brilliant. If you appreciate Rick and Morty on any level, mm-hmm. um, because the, the obvious comparison of, uh, Oh, well this is just Rick and Morty and family guy, you know, right. or Rick and Morty and you know, whatever little animated family sitcom. But, uh, it does such a great job of splitting the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've seen, you've seen of it. Yep. Um, the aliens, the, the family, the kids have a wall in their bedroom where they shrink down humans and just put them in their rat maze wall <laughs> and, and, and watch them like a terrarium, like pets. <laughs> And it takes on a total like side Walking Dead meets like uh, New York Escape from New York kind of like vibe through this, but it's this whole separate narrative. It's such an amazing and hilarious. It's 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 those things that are it's 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 those it's that ability with them, uh, especially with Justin Roiland uh, Harmon as well. But um, it's that ability that makes them so good. For example, one of my, um, one of my favorite Rick and Morty episodes is actually the, um, the, the snake, the snake episode, Battlestar snake Galactica or yeah. whatever it's called, yeah. because it really has nothing <laughs> to do with Rick and Morty. Oh yeah. And it is something that happens because of them, but yeah. not, but like they show up at the beginning and at the end and, to fix it, uh, but it's just the whole, well, all the snake time travel, like all the tropes oh. are fantastic. Oh yeah. Terminator and you know, snake Hitler. And oh. it's, it's such a good, like, Hey, like we don't even need to put them in here. Exactly. We'll just we, tag yeah. it. We'll just tag it. But, uh, well, cool. Um, you got any, uh, you got your, uh, your, your little geek out your last minute geek thing. Uh, yeah, I'm geeking out on this. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge video game coming out. Okay. It's taken me back to the uh the old like Turtles arcader. Yeah. At the yeah, put the oh, quarters in oh, and just just go in and have a blast with your favorite ninja yep. teen. I uh it wasn't long ago I did joystick and blew a couple bucks on Turtles in Time. <laughs> and I, I and I, that. I do believe I, I, I beat it standing there drinking well, a beer. Look at you. That's oh. great. Uh, on my end, um, I right before you showed up, I saw a trailer for Apple TV's Foundation. 
Somebody else just told me about that. Which is an Isaac. It's based. It's a series that's coming to Apple TV, but it's based on a, a, a trilogy of Isaac Asimov books. I know nothing about them. I this was the first I've ever heard of the books. Uh, but the production value looks insane. Apple's, so I'm, Apple's uh, throwing all that iPhone money. Yeah. So uh, that's that's where that's where that iPhone money goes. That's where all that iPhone. Money. Uh, that's where that's where going, paying three thousand dollars for a laptop goes. Um, yep. but yeah, so I was, I was impressed with that. So check out that trailer. Um, but, uh, Definitely will. yep. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, we will see you guys next week. We'll see you next week. All right.